This is Voices of Lancashire, a podcast about migrants who live in Lancashire and made their home here. I am your host, Lara Mumesso. I live in Lancashire and I am an Italian migrant myself. Voices of Lancashire is born out of my personal experience, which I am sure is shared by many other immigrants. How many times have people asked us the question, where are you from? And how many times have the same people made assumptions about who we are and what we do here, precisely because of our nationality? Assumptions that do not necessarily correspond to our life stories. Out of this experience, I decided to create Voices of Lancashire, a space where migrants who live in Lancashire talk about their life stories, why and how they moved to Lancashire, their impressions of this part of the world, their ambitions and their everyday life experiences in a place that has become their permanent or temporary home. For this first series, Voices of Lancashire will consist of 12 episodes published fortnightly, each with an immigrant living in one of Lancashire County districts. If you are an immigrant interested to know more about the experiences of other fellow immigrants, or a local interested to know more about the life experiences of your new neighbors, this podcast is definitely for you. Follow me. So hi, everyone. Today's episode is with Graciela. Graciela was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and she arrived in the UK in 1993. Thank you very much for being with us today, Graciela. Thank you for inviting me. So Graciela arrived in Lancashire's Adlington a few years ago, and I met her because I had a surplus of slates in my garden. I put a nut in a local Facebook group to see if anyone would be interested in it. And Graciela contacted me. She was reorganizing her back garden and she needed the slate. Eventually, I visited Graciela. She wanted to show me what she did with the slate and her garden. And to my surprise, a wonderful garden filled of colorful flowers, paintings, sculpture of birds presented to my eyes. And then we walked to the back area after beyond the garden through a small gate. And we walked in a small pathway that led down to a stream through a wood with terraces here and there with flowers and plants. And uh, Graciela has uh, this habit of planting any seeds she finds around when she gets fruits and so on and so forth. So it was such a beauty to see that garden. So this was a couple of years ago. I contacted Graciela a few weeks ago to ask her if she would be happy to be interviewed for Voices of Lancashire and to represent Adlington with her story. And when I called her, she told me, Lara, I am in Murcia. Is it still valid? And I thought a little bit. And then I said, yes, of course. Why not? I think that Graciela's story represents the story of many migrants who move from one place to the other putting down their roots in new places and reinventing themselves as they move. So here I am interviewing Graciela today, and I hope that you all will enjoy her story. So Graciela, 
Can you tell us how you ended up moving, first of all, to the UK 20 years ago, and then to you arrived in Adlington? How did this happen? You know, every morning I wake up and I, and I just thought to myself, how this happened? <laughs> I left Argentina when I was young, and then I went to the Middle East. And then obviously it was hot, nonstop, and it was beautiful. And all of a sudden, I just come to England because a man in the middle, let's say that. Anne is always a man. <laughs> and he brought me to England, which I never thought that it will be the way it is. I mean, cold and raining every single day. Things of the that happen in life. I end up staying, staying, staying. I got three children. They were born in Manchester. Um, don't know. After a while, you get used, like you get used to everything, to the constant rain every, every day and all that. But uh, always was in my mind that that is not the place for me. But it was in the back of my mind. First of all, it was, you know, my children, the upbring them and whatever, which I am very grateful to England for it. I started in Radcliffe. I don't know if you know Radcliffe. No. What is it? Radcliffe is just after Bolton, and then it comes Radcliffe, and then come with uh, Whitefield, and then Presswich, and then where I was living near Heaton Park. So from Heaton Park, I sold that house because I was working in airport. I ended up moving to Withenshaw. So I was living in Withenshaw, and is how all started when. I met Henry living in Horwich and then, yeah, after a while, and it was the pandemic, on the pandemic, I think. Yeah, after a while, I moved to him and and we said, we're going to start this amazing project of the garden and the allotment is when I just met you. Is how I end up in Chorley and Adlington, really. <laughs> That's very interesting. Actually, you move across uh, many places yeah. between Lancashire and Manchester area, right? When I met you, actually, you were telling me you were working at the airport. So can you tell a bit more what you were doing, how you found this job? I don't know if you believe in the law of attraction. The law of attraction, it says everything that you think, everything that you just wish with your heart, it manifests and it comes to you. So... It was a time in my life that I thought, oh, you know what, I will, I wish so much to work in a place like the airport. I speak six languages and I just actually doing nothing, you know. So one day, don't ask me how, a message came on my, on my phone and it says, are you available to work in a, a place in the airport as a cell assistant and a translator? And I thought, hell yeah. Because by that time, also, I put my name in a lot of agencies for work. So, yeah, and I went. And when I spoke with these people, managers of the interview, they say, yeah, we want this woman. I don't know, but if I need to sell something, I will sell you know, ice, ice cubes to Eskimos or something like that. <laughs> I, I'm terrible, me. I'm just probably, you know, it's, it's, it was meant to be. So they say, yeah. And I spent nearly six years in the airport 
And I love every minute. It was every day, chaotic, crazy, but everybody becomes my family because everybody knew everything about the other. You don't stay because the job after, you stay because the people. I felt that they were my family and I love it. But the thing is, when I moved to Adlington, you know how far is Adlington from the airport? Yeah. Here the airport and here in the other corner, one hour and 20 minutes and a train. And that is if it is a direct train to Adlington. So I spent two hours and 40 minutes of my life every day in the train back and forward to the airport. That was the only regret that I had when I moved to Adlington. Other than that, it was fantastic. And can I ask you a question I have asked to most people I interviewed? What did you learn by working at the airport about British society? What did you see about British society through your clients? Or I don't know. It's just a curiosity. They are different as Latinos. That is the first thing. Uh, different to any other. I, I think each race, each country got its own thing. British people, they don't know. They think they know everything and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they are a bit of big headache, but they are those that they are really good people as well. They say that they are not racist, but they are. But there are others that they don't. So they are a mix of everything. The thing that I couldn't cope very well with English people is the how they are cold. The attitude is cold because Latinos, as like you know yourself, in Italy, in Argentina, we just hug, we just shout, I love you, or I don't like you, or whatever, with passion. English people don't have this passion going on. <laughs> And it's something that I try to put in the education of my children, you know, because English and cold is something that, no, I couldn't get used to it. That is the only thing I, I can say that about the culture that is very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that your children got your way of dealing with people or a more British approach? I think it's three quarters Latino. At home, <laughs> I was just cooking, you know, Latino style. And I was talking with passion. And if I have to shout, I shout. And I don't care who is listening. Because if I have to say something, I just say it. You know, not like a British is like, oh, I'm sorry. No, I just say it. And my children, they are a bit like that. Because, yeah, they got in their blood, this Latino thing. We travel a lot to Argentina to see my family and that they talk that. Obviously, they live in, in England and they know how they're supposed to be. But really, when we are at home and all that, we sit all together, we shout and express emotion and passion. Thank you so much. So I would like to know a bit more about your life in Adlington. Was it different from also your life in Buenos Aires? What do you miss the most about your life in Buenos Aires, maybe, and what you don't miss and that you like of the UK? In Buenos Aires, I was there until I was 18, nearly 18, and then I left. I miss the weather. I miss friends, but I don't miss the government is really bad. So it's the thing I don't miss. So Argentina is a very crazy place 
place to be is beautiful as crazy. So I don't think that I miss to be there as living in there. Besides my family, no. I'm okay as thinking of Argentina as a place where I can go and visit, no stay. The difference with Adlington, I come to Adlington where it's in the middle of nowhere. It's a countryside, which I love it. But when you have to travel to work, like me, one hour and 20 minutes thinking, oh, the train is on a straight. Oh, I'm going to be late and all that. You drive you crazy. So I don't miss that from Adlington. No, I don't miss the rain of England at all. <laughs> I miss in Argentina that the soil, the land in Argentina is so fertile that you throw just a seed like this and anything grows like magic. I miss that. From Adlington, sadly, I can't say that I miss a lot. I did not like this place. Okay. And so most probably is also linked to the choice you made a couple of years ago when you decided to move to another place. So your next place after Adlington was Sehin in Murcia. So why did you decide to move again? And how is life that different from the one you had in the UK? Well, that was kind of easy. I was at the doctor in Adlington every other day. They were calling me by my name because they knew me, because all the time I had something. And the doctor says, you know, you are dark skin, you are Latina, you need sun. You need this vitamin that the sun provides. And I said, doctor, where I going to take this kind of, you know, vitamin from the sun? Is no sun in England. There is no sun in Adlington. Come on. And I say, oh, well, is what you got, the lack of vitamins. So I come back home and I say, Henry, look, I love you. But you know what? I'm going because I don't want to die in this place, you know, miserable with depression because, you know, you get to England and the umbrella become part of your body. I didn't sign for it. <laughs> I like the rain, don't get me wrong, but every day, come on, no. And then, yeah, I just say, I love you to bed, but I'm going to Spain with you or without you. And he says, are you crazy? I'm coming. We sold <laughs> everything. We get the passport for the dogs because that was another issue. Before that, we come to Spain for a holiday, a little holiday. We went to see friends of ours in Murataya, which is another town passing this village. Henry always get lost. He get lost in a cup of coffee looking for a handle. Henry is terrible. And then we got lost. God knows how we end up on this road underneath there. And I saw this house that with this sign, Se Vende, for sale. I say, Henry, I want that house. Wow, it was destiny. Yeah. And Henry says, oh, leave it. You know, probably it's already sold. If he sold, why he says for sale? So let me... Try because I got the no already. So I, if I don't try, I will never know. That's how I try. I call the immobiliaria. I call the guy from the real agency. Yeah. And this woman, he wanted to sell because she moved to Barcelona with his children. So I was in the right place in the right time. I come, I saw these two houses with a barn and everything. And this house, he was calling my name, you know. It was love at first sight. 
And then I say, Henry, I'm going to buy it. No, stop, stop. I'm going to buy it. I go inside the real agent and I say, here's the deposit. I'm going to come back. I need to go to England, but I'm going to come back and this house is mine. After one month or nearly two months, this house was mine. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Everything I do, I don't think twice because if my heart feels something, it's never wrong. Wow. I have actually a question because you have changed places, lifestyle many times in your life. And I wonder, there are people who live for their whole life in the same place and people maybe who change, but find changes very difficult to deal with. So do you think it needs courage to change and to leave also your security and life that you build up? You said it's a matter of following my heart, but do you think there's also a push that, and also some fear behind? I had fears, but I don't let my fears stop, you know, or ruin my presence. I always be like this. You know, if you think, I didn't have the money to come to Europe when I was in Argentina, and I come, and actually I went to Italy, first, first time in my life, I 18, without any money. I didn't even know that I needed money. I just went. <laughs> How did you manage? Well, that is another long story. When I was in Argentina, I was at school, a high school, and all these uh, bad things, starting with the government, Hitler look-alike look in style. I can't remember who was the president. And my mommy was really worried about me that if I stay in Argentina, I can get killed or something will happen to me. So in between that time that I was just about to finish high school and I started university, I found this younger, I think three years younger than me, crying, you know, in a corner somewhere, sitting on the floor. I talked to her and she was Italian. And she told me this story that she was illegal. She was at her boyfriend. Her boyfriend kicked her out. She had nowhere to be. And because the way I am, I bring anything or anyone home. Whoever or whatever he needs, I bring it home. You know, it's always, you know, place for one more. I bring her home. It stayed with me about one, nearly two years, this, this girl, that young girl, only to find out that her parents, they were quite wealthy in Italy. And one day, after two years, they say, Laura, it's time for you to come back home. And she says, I'm not leaving Graciela behind. And I said, well, if you need to go, you need to go. And she was adamant to, no, she's not going without me. And her father, he sent me a ticket for her and for me. Wow. I didn't have a penny to rub together. <laughs> and I end up in Italy. And you see, everything is just, not just courage, it's just, I don't know what it is. Then I was fearless. Now I got fears, but I don't let them, you know, when I see fear come, no, 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 that's it. And I just go ahead. And that's it. Most of the time I am right. Like Henry says to me when I was, you know, buying this house, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> now he said, this is the best thing that you did because I got my business here. And my next door house that I show you is for Airbnb and booking.com. So I got uh, all the time people from all over the world and they love this house 
the rural house for rent and it's how I make my living. But also, it's something that you have to have inside. For example, when I was at work and I say, you know what? Next month, I'm going. What? What are you going to do over there? I don't know. I'm going to do this and that. I said, you committing suicide. And I said, well, I need to die sometime. So let me die happy doing whatever I think is right. And I did. And you see, many people they are in England, they never come out. They never do anything because their fear, they let their fear interrupt the present and the future. So I don't let fear hold me back. No. Thank you so much for this perspective. I think very often is also personal. Sometimes we are pushed by life. Sometimes it's personality. I think that those people who don't move for whatever reason are not just in England. They are all over the world. In Italy, I'm sure in Argentina is the same story. A regular life, a tomorrow the same like our yesterday is something that gives us a sense indeed of security. And for many is uh, the way of living a lifestyle, something that is appreciated and wanted. Maybe I, I'm wrong, but I feel secure wherever I go. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe something that I inherit. Because if you think about it, my grandparents, they come from Russia and, you know, Lithuania, all this part, all the way to Argentina. Is why I speak six languages, because from day zero, they put on me all these languages that they were speaking, you know, probably is why I am the way I am. <laughs> I'm sure you also inherited. Yeah, I am secure wherever I am. Now I feel secure in here. I speak Spanish. Yeah, I was secure in England. I speak English. Yeah, I was secure in France. I speak French. Yeah, I was in Italy and they thought that I was Italian because my accent, they thought I was Sicilian. So actually, you mentioned an important point, language, and how important it is to be able to speak the language of the society you join, how much more access you have to that society. And also, yes, I am like you, wherever I go, I feel more secure and feel safer if I can speak the language. It doesn't always happen, but I do have the same feeling. Exactly. A language is a key for any door. I can see many people that they never went anywhere. They never learned any other language because they thought, well, I speak whatever language, that is enough. No, it's never enough. They say to me, why are you just learning another language? Because I don't know, I'm hungry of knowledge, I always used to say. It was my destiny because I prepared myself from early ages. And look at me now. I just went all over the world. My surname is Russian. I still don't know how to speak Russian. That is a shame. One day. <laughs> <laughs> We still have plenty of time there. Yeah. <laughs> It's never too late. So I have another question. Did you have any prejudice about... British society before coming here? Or is uh, maybe Argentinian people or the people around you, did they have specific prejudice about British society? Funny enough, everybody, they say you should hate British people because the war of the Falkland. Oh, yes, for Argentinians. Yeah, but that happened long ago. Okay, I was at school when that happened. And it was in between politicians. 
Then I went to I went to Middle East and I saw people fighting for nothing. And also it's a political thing, it's a religious thing. And you know what? I got my own religion, I got my own politics. I don't judge anybody. I just live and let live. And it's the way I'm happy. I don't hate English people that everybody, they say I should. I don't hate any other human. A human is a human, no matter if he's British or not British. When you were here in the UK, in Lancashire, in the North, did you experience prejudice? Are there common prejudice about Argentinian people or about Argentina that you would like to dismantle once you were you in contact with British society? No. Not as much prejudice as such, but it's something that I will just want to, to leave clear. When I was young, no, now <laughs> everybody, every man that I come across, they thought that because I am Argentina or Brazil, which is the same, many people don't even know what Argentina is. And then I say next to Brazil, oh, I know. <laughs> And then, wow, you are a sex bomb. You are nearly will say like a prostitute or something. You see, they thought I was all that, sexually, whatever. Exocitization. Yeah. So why? I was just like any other woman that happened that I was born over there. Yeah, my temperament is very hot, but not just sexually, also and everything. I'm passionate about everything, you know, every little thing. And maybe it's why they thought that or they got this exotic view. No, but they, and in Britain especially, they got this fantasy about Brazilian. Maybe it's because it's this carnival and all that. I don't know. But yeah, that I want to leave clear. People from England, not all the women, we are just a sex, whatever, or nearly prostitute. No. We are just like any other. We're just passionate about everything. <laughs> How did you deal with that when you encountered this kind of situations? I don't know. I just used to laugh and uh, say, well, I don't know. They used to be quite rude sometimes. But one good thing about me that it helped me how to cope with things is just to forget immediately the bad thing that they happened to me. I just keep only the good ones because... If you just keep bad things, memories, they become bitter and then they rotten inside you. I don't have that. So how I cope, I don't know, the best I could at the moment. If I had to shout to somebody and say, oh, you are an asshole. So I did. Probably I did. Yeah. Because I never should talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your best memory of Lancashire or of Northern England when you were here? Something you bring in your heart of this also society? The best for me, it was the healthcare for maternity. I have my three children. They were born in England and they treat me so good that I never thought that when you have your first child, you go to this place. Obviously me not having any family was all on my own, just my husband at the time, which is no good for nothing because he was just first time father as well. So I was so scared and I remember one by one and the healthcare at the maternity world, they were so nice. That is 
a memory that I will never, never forget. And when after I come back with my kids, you know, and my arms when I was discharged and I went home, I just come and I give them a big, a bunch of flowers to the nurse, the secretary, whoever it was in the war, because they were fantastic. I don't think I would have something like this in Argentina or any other part of the world. No. So, yeah, that is a very good memory. That's a very nice memory to share also with the audience. You know, very often we complain about the NHS uh, here in the UK. It's going through very challenging times at the moment. But I do agree. I had many, a few bad experiences, but it's true that once you connect with single individuals, uh, the nurse uh, and so on, they are very human. They can be very kind. So I think I can understand and empathize with this, especially if it's, as you said, your first uh, pregnancy away from your family. These are very important moments in the life of an, of an individual, no? You're going to give birth to this person that it means a lot to you and you are scared, terrified. And all of a sudden it was this woman, she come and hold my hand and she says, you can do this, come on. You are beautiful and you're going to have a beautiful child. And we do this together. Come on, push. Is what I remember. It was just beautiful. Unbelievable. So my fears just, they went. And then I hold my baby and it was fantastic. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful memory recollection. But if I have to say something, I cannot complain about NHS as bad as it is. Because in Argentina, it's just even worse. In Argentina, you just die if you are, something happens to you. Here, at least you, you wait and someone will see you. In Argentina, nobody's going to see you until you're dead. Because there is not uh, a national health system. No. This is the problem in many, I would say, developing countries. So I have a question for you because so far you are the person I interviewed who stayed in the UK the longest. So you arrived in 1993 and you left in 2022-2023, so it's about 20 years. And so I want to ask you, did you notice any changes in British society between when you arrived and later on? Everything went sour lately. I don't know any, anything about politics, but my children, they say, Mom, you are doing good that you're going because everything goes in crisis here. Is this ship is just going to sink, is going down. So here is a big community of British, all complaining and all they come here because how is England now? It says one, it was a prosper uh, country, which is going down. So I don't know if it's going down or not, but it's what I heard. So me, myself, I was okay, but I'm just telling you what I heard over there. Yeah, I mean, there are many economic, financial issues in that they exploded or emerged, COVID, Brexit, the last couple of governments. My curiosity is, do you think it's different in Spain, for example? Is it doing much better? Well, if it's not doing better, I don't know what is. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I think they do. Here it's so easy to live. Well, depend what you want, what you want to achieve. I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to be wealthy. I just want to be happy. Doesn't mean that I don't have much money. I live with my rental 
from the tourists in here. Henry, he do class of English class to children. I do few arts here and there and I sell them. So it's how we live. But I got my lab or I got the neighbors. And here when is the apricot season, I got buckets and buckets and buckets, kilos after kilos of apricot, peaches and all the fruits and vegetables and everything. So I don't need anything else to live. So for me, it's easy, the life in here. Politics, always, they're going to say, oh, it's bad, this and that. But I live in a village, away from all that. I don't look news. I don't watch news. And my life is simple. I don't like complicated. I don't do complication. And this is just perfect. I think I don't want to be millionaire, but I'm going to be happy. I am happy here. That's very nice. So, Graciela, this brings me to the last couple of questions. Actually, implicitly, you have a kind of already answer to both of them, but I just want to see an explicit answer. The first one is, when you were in the UK, did you feel like you belonged to the society you were part of when you were in Adlington, but also in other places in England? I never felt that I belonged to Adlington. Don't get me wrong, the people, the neighbors are very friendly, but no, it was this distance over there. Like in England, they don't let you feel welcome, but it's not their fault. It's not the British fault. It's just the way that they've been raised. It's a cultural difference, the way they perform their culture. Yeah, it's what it is. Maybe they don't know that they didn't make me feel welcome, but you know, it's the way I felt. Do you have any specific example? No, as I said before, I never keep any bad memories with me. Otherwise, I, <laughs> I could not live with it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one little one, because obviously my skin is dark. I just look different. So people, they used to come and they say, do you speak English? Like this, very condensing. And I look at them. Yes, and, and you? <laughs> you do? And they were, oh my God, come on. I got culture. I got the studies and I speak these languages. Why you assume that because I'm dark, I'm going to be just, you know, ignorant. They may not do that on purpose, but they do it. <laughs> well, that is one of the, the things I can give an example. Yeah, especially because if it is repeated in many occasions, it starts to become a pattern and you start to, to experience it and perceive it in a different way. You don't like it at the end, like uh, what is wrong with my color of the skin? Why I have to be different to anyone else? Because I went to uni, I study like anybody else. Doesn't matter if I was dark. Mm, yes. So you experienced some forms of racism here? Only a little, only a little. I have a few different experiences. So some people, a couple of interviews ago, a person said that they experienced racism. Someone else said no. So it's a mix of views. No, probably if it was any racist comment, it was very one or two. And I just look at them and I felt sorry for them because, you know, come on. People, they are people. Why is the need to be racist? And then uh, I have the other question. So you are from Argentina. 
do you think you will go back to your home country one day or do you see yourself settling down somewhere, if not in Argentina? No, I don't think I will ever come back to Argentina. Although you never say never, my mom used to say, but no, because in Argentina, like now it's chaotic. My sister is sending me messages and she said, oh, look, a shampoo, it costs 7,000 pesos, which is 20 euros. And I said, oh, come on, how can you even, you know, little things like soap or, you know, shampoo, it's impossible. And you never got this peace and quiet and it's hard to get a job over there. So no, my answer is I will go and see my family. I will go with my children because I always told my children that is where they belong as is all what it started. But no, come back over there, no. And do you see yourself settling down anywhere else or maybe in Murcia or you don't know? It is a big chance that I stay here. I was talking today with Henry after he had lessons that he teach children on the computer in Cambly. Some of them, they say, oh, here I am in China and it's raining. I am in there. It's, it's so cold. He says, yeah, but I am English, but I live in Spain. And he shows, and he says, look, the window. And everybody says, wow. And then today, after he finished his lessons, we took the car, we went to our friend, and we were looking the mountains, the valleys, the, you know, the trees with the fruits and olives and all that. He says, look, how can you be ever depressed here? Even if you feel bad, five minutes in the house, you come out and everything just gets better. It's just beautiful. You cannot be depressed in this place, I'm telling you. Yeah, you were telling me before you were having lunch in the garden outside. Today is the 8th of November. We are here with the heating in the house. And we were talking that this weekend I'm going to go to pick up olives. I, I got three. And last year I picked up my own olives and I just took it to the factory and have my own olive oil. And Henry didn't bother that much on that because he was doing the house. But this weekend, I can see Henry with the thing in here, picking olives. It's going to be a big experience for him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Graciela, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing with us your life experience here in Lancashire, but actually beyond it. Thank you so much. And for our guests, see you at the next episode. Stay tuned. Bye bye to everyone.